Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Saturday, special podcast. I'm joined by Coach Harvey Hyde. We're on the USC campus. We just were over at USC's final practice scrimmage of the spring. One more week of spring football. And then off to the Coliseum for uh, the USC spring game. We're going to talk to Coach Harvey Hyde about what we saw out there at the scrimmage, full tackling. The second one of the spring, of course, uh, Saturday will be the final one and it concludes spring football. We're in Sealy G. Mudd. Uh, it's a, a science building on the USC campus. We did this last week. We, we popped into some, uh, looks like a, another chemistry room. We got the periodic table of the elements and we wanted to bring in the coach, Coach Harvey Hyde and talk to him about what we saw out there at the scrimmage. So you can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. What is up, coach? How you doing? Well, I'm still trying to pass his class. <laughs> I come by here. I've been doing it now for 30 years. They're going to have a special session. This is our second Saturday in the, in the in this chemistry type of setting. Yeah. And it's absolutely fantastic. Maybe some of it might rub off on me, you know. <laughs> but, hey, Ryan, a great day after the weather is really fantastic. And it seems as though that there are more people coming to these practices during, like, the Pete Carroll era not quite as many, but it seems to be getting there. It does, and uh, it was it was very fun. We had a good time doing this podcast two weeks ago, I guess it was. We were we came in after the scrimmage, so coach was like, "Hey, why don't we do that again?" I'm like that's a good idea. So just recording this on our phone, the audio will probably sound a little bit different than we're doing in the studio. Uh, but hope you guys are enjoying it. If you want to get a hold of us, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address. You can get all of our contact information on our website, peristylepodcast.com. Like I said, you can follow Coach on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm at Inside Troy. And we have a new voicemail number if you want to call. It's a Google Voice. You can call us or text us at 424-254-9141. That's 424-254-9141. Send us a text or uh, any kind of questions you have. We have a couple questions today. We're mostly going to talk about the podcast. And we can't really incorporate voicemail questions. It's a little harder when I'm doing it on my phone, so we're not going to do that this week. But we'll keep doing them. So send them in. Send us your texts, your voicemails, and we will definitely include them on the show. And also want to thank our sponsors, Southern California Tickets, SCTickets.com. Uh, they really help us out all the time. They could, I, I went down to the Masters last week, Coach. Now, those are impossible tickets to get. We could have got them, but it was going to be a little expensive, so I didn't do that. But we won a lottery. I got to go to a practice round, but they had tickets for that, too, which is really hard to get. It was crazy. You know, I'm proud of you, Ryan. When you hoot with the owls, you got to soar with the eagles. And you did that. You got in late last night from a flight from uh, down in Georgia, and here you are this morning at practice. I'm really proud of you. Hey, thanks, Coach. you got you just got to get out there and do it. It was fun. I missed a couple of practices last week, so I get to see everything. But uh, it was out of fun time down. I've never been to Augusta uh, to get, like, a pimento cheese sandwich. And all the concessions inside, you know, Augusta National are, are super cheap, which is great. Bought some merchandise and got to see them skipping balls on the 16th hole. Uh, it's a part three. So the tradition on Tuesday of the practice round is the golfers will hit their shot on 16 and they step up to the edge of the lake and they all try to skip balls over. So it was a lot of fun seeing like Phil Nicholson put it on the green, skipping it off the water. Like it's crazy how good these guys are, but had a lot of fun, did some golf, but now it's back to work, coach, and we're ready. 
We're ready to talk. Uh, well, so it was to me that usually Clay Hinton will say we ran 75 plays of scrimmage. He didn't say that today. I'm guessing they didn't run a lot. I talked to Dan Weber about this. He, on Thursday, they ran full, like full pads and it was almost like a first half of the scrimmage and maybe they did the second half today, but it was, I think it was a shorter version of scrimmage than we're used to seeing. I think it was. Uh, I was surprised when he called the team up and said, that's it today. Yeah. I was expected to hang around another at least half hour. Yeah. And uh, I said, we're over already? And everybody said, yes, we are. And then Tesla <laughs> came running over to us and said, we'll bring him over to you. What I liked about today's practice, first of all, they moved us again. They did. They did. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we got to be right by the offensive line. Today, we had a chance to be right by the defensive line. Now, I don't know if that was planned, but it gave me and all of us the opportunity of seeing these players up close, watching their quick, quickness, their development, and so on. I really enjoyed that. I really did. If you notice, I walked away from everyone. I really wanted to watch them closely, but yes. I can't waste a rep because I might never see him again. <laughs> so we were over there, and I was able to, you know, check him out, and I was interested uh, to see how Porter Gustin moved around. He really is moving around well. He's okay. He could play tomorrow if they had a game. Yeah. Bigelow to me moved around. They, they just don't want to hit him, but yeah. he, there's no question in my mind he's going to be back. So I want to sort of watch the movement of some of these guys that have been held out for the spring, you know, and see just how they were progressing. And they were progressing very well. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Being in a different spot, I think it helps um, just to view, you know, to see the offensive line up close last time or two weeks ago. That was great. See the defensive line, uh, some of the DB drills. I mean, we got to see more, and just a different perspective. I think it helps on the USC side, too, because you mentioned it's more like a Pete Carroll type of practice. There's more people there, and they're really, their compliance department really wants to separate the groups. So before, with Pete Carroll, just people would come around and go wherever you want. Now we got to separate them, so to move us around is nice. You're not in the same spot. The spot we're normally in, I think they want the, the recruits to be able to see what's going on there, but they don't want to put recruits with the media. So they're kind of do, they're doing us a favor, but they're really helping themselves out too. Uh, but I thought it was nice, and I think they are conscious of it. I think Clay Helton mentioned it when he came over. Hope you got to see, you know, some different stuff. So I think Clay Helton realizes, like, and we don't want to keep the media in a pen. You know, they keep us in a pen, but at least maybe move the pen around and get a different view. It helps us, and I think it, you know, it helps them. No, you know, he's very polite and considerate. I really have to say that. The first thing he does when he comes over, he doesn't need to apologize, but yeah. he does apologize as far as moving us around. He doesn't need to do no, that. We're going to stand wherever they tell us to stand. <laughs> but he understands it, and he knows that. So, again, I think he's very considerate in doing that. And if they are doing that on purpose to give us a different look at different positions, I think that's tremendous. I, I, I commend them on that. Sometimes they're very critical on that type of thing. But today I want to commend them. If they did that on purpose, like you're saying, then I think I say thank you. Yeah. Because it gives us an opportunity of reporting better on what we say, see, and and uh, I think it makes it a better reporting for all of it, everybody. Yeah, where we were two weeks ago, because today was Swim with Mike mm -hmm, Day, mm -hmm. they have all these, ta like all the tables and mm -hmm. stuff set up and people are eating barbecue and everything. So. Um, I don't think we could have been there, so maybe that's part of the reason. But he was at least acknowledged, hey, you know, we get to see a different view, which was kind of nice. I wouldn't mind sitting. And they, they actually scrimmaged towards us, so it was kind of cool. You could see that, too. When we were in the other corner, they scrimmaged the other way. So, uh, But it's, we got to, to pop in with Swim with Mike afterwards, too. So right. people, uh, maybe you want to mention that before we kind of get into the scrimmage stuff. Well, it's great to see it. Uh, I don't know how many people have been to Swim with Mike. I try to go by every year. 
and support them, Ron Orr and Mike Nyholt and all the scholarship uh, people who were there. Uh, I think uh, uh, Mike told me, and it was around uh, 11.45 or 11.30, told me they were at a million thirty thousand. Wow. So that's a tremendous figure. Last year, they were 1,277,000. So they're reaching their goal again. I'm sure they'll reach their goal, which is probably a million five this year. And it's just tremendous to see the band out there, the cheerleaders out there. The football players are coming over. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Oh, yeah. We saw they were putting on their little swim caps and everything. Right. And what they do is they have a race with the cheerleaders. The uh-huh. cheerleaders go in and, and they put on their swimming suits. And what they do, they push inner tubes with the cheerleaders sitting in them. <laughs> and uh, it's really a lot of fun. Everybody's involved. And they go outside, like you mentioned, and have a barbecue. But it's great to see that. And hanging around, we were able to see some of the receivers catching a football with the machines, getting that little effort, extra effort as far as following the ball into your hands and working on the touch of the football. I thought that was tremendous, and uh, it was just a wonderful morning out here. There's a lot of things going on, and I guess there's a baseball game this afternoon. There is, yeah, and uh, the, the MC was talking about, hey, it was supposed to rain today, but it's a beautiful day. John Neighbors. John Neighbors, yeah. Was, yeah, uh, John Neighbors. Mm-hmm. He said it was a beautiful day, and it, it definitely was. I talked to Jenny Harris. Um, he actually had something on my shoe and he told me, Hey, you have something on your shoe. I'm like, Oh, thanks, man. Um, I'm like, are you going to swim? He's like, yeah. I'm like, are you going to dive in off? He's like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Do I'm not big on that diving. Show. Was, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't real sure about it, but they looked like by the time we left, they were all, I tweeted out a picture. If you want to see at inside Troy, a couple of pictures from inside, um, swim with Mike. We, we stopped in with coach Hyde for a little bit afterwards, but, um, you can see the football players in their uh, bathing suits and, uh, swim caps and stuff on, so they're they're about they're probably doing it right now. They're probably swimming right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, since we had a better view of the the defensive line, maybe we can kind of start uh, there. What did you see? Like what, anything that kind of stood out, either from the drills or from the scrimmage? Well, what I was looking at, they're they're do, working a lot on tug and pull and swim. Uh, for everybody out there, uh, that's a drill that you do when you've made contact with the offensive lineman. You've got to get him off of you so you can make a play whether it's a run block or a pass block. And there's different techniques you do to get the offensive lineman off balance so that he can't move his feet and you're moving and you know what you're doing and trying to beat him. And they were working on that, and they were also working on stripping the football, which I really like, and chasing a quarterback or a running back, trying to strip it or knock the ball out of the hand of the quarterback when he has it up to throw it. They were working on that a lot, working on get-off, how important it is to watch the football and move on movement as far as the defensive player. Remember, you always want to play on their side of the line of scrimmage. When you're playing on their side of the line of scrimmage, you're stopping a play before it gets started. And that's the whole theory of playing defense. Start something, stop something before it gets started. And uh, I think that's what they were doing with the defensive front. It was interesting to see who I think is matured and and who is moving quicker and who is reacting quicker and how you've got to stay low to be able to keep your momentum going because the taller you are, the higher you stand up, the more difficult it is to drop your shoulder and pursue. So, uh, you know, all of that, I like to see how these players are maturing and coming along. And uh, I thought that the, the group worked hard and they're coached up well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, next Saturday scrimmage. I really am because I want to see just how, and they un- I understand it's going to be a full scrimmage. Uh, I just want to see how they go against each other and uh, just where the momentum might be. See, uh, one of the drills that kind of stood out to me, uh, I think they were like it was an engaging at the defensive line, mm-hmm. like a, on the line of scrimmage drill, 
but then they would throw a pass and the you know like a, whoever it was Connor Murphy or Porter they would have to jump up in the mm-hmm. air and like defend sure. the ball or try to intercept the pass uh, like kind of really plugging up the passing lane. So that's something we don't really get to see close up usually. Let me ask you this: Did you have a chance to watch that video on Austin Jackson? I haven't seen it. No. Oh, please look. Oh, all the way, the one he was running. Yeah, running. Yeah, anchor leg like in the four yeah. by one. Yeah. Huh? Anchor leg in the four by one. Six six, two hundred ninety pounds. <laughs> I'll tell you, if I was still coaching, I'd say you should have done that, Austin. But you're more moving to the defensive side. <laughs> Anybody that can run that fast, uh, I'm telling you. That's. That was that's unbelievable. A that's a great point. Like you know, I tell you, you just moved. I told Randall Cunningham when we were in the Japan Bowl. He used to have an East-West game in the Japan Bowl. He threw an interception, and he ran all the way across the field and made the tackle. I said, Randall, you shouldn't have done that. He <laughs> said, throw the interception. I said, no, run him down. Now you're going to be a safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because. I guess they they could have him pull and stuff and, and and utilize his speed that way. But man, you're that fast. They'd like to see you on the defensive line. Really, he he really that really impressed me. That went all went around. I, if if you can, I don't know how you can find it out there, but they can find it. Somewhere. Yeah, it's on YouTube. And so I can't remember. I saw someone tweeted it. Yeah. Out. Um, kind of thin at, at linebacker, I guess, or at least on the inside linebacker spot. Uh, Clay Helton talked about that a little bit. Did anything kind of stand out from watching some of the linebacker drills or or what you got to see? I know uh, Elijah Tucker. Uh, Buddha Tucker ended up getting an interception uh, in the scrimmage, so he's kind of helping out. He's moved around a little bit. I think he was more outside. Now he's inside just trying to help out with depth. I think they're just trying to figure out who can play where because they have a couple of good uh, freshman linebackers coming in, and they want to be able to give a lot of reps to everybody so that they can coach off the te- tapes. They want to coach off the tapes. This is the, the tapes that the kids look at all off season on what they can do better and what they did wrong, and, and uh, that's why they move them around a lot. But I think the pair of uh, Houston and, and Smith will probably be the pair, I, I think, as far as the starters. Yeah. I think Tucker uh, maybe will go back inside for depth. Uh, Levi Jones, who is coming in, I'd love to see him play outside. I know that he can play either way because yeah. he can really come off the edge. He can really rush. And, you know, you've got to get rush off the edge. You, yeah. You've got to put pressure uh, on the quarterback. Yet, uh, they've got some kids that if they come through now, I can't pronounce his name, but number 99, the kid from Sarah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. If he comes along and learns how to finish a play and work hard and learn again, he could be a real force too. But he's still learning the game of football, which you have to do on this level. The game's so much faster, and he's come right from high school trying to learn the game into one of the best programs in America trying to learn the game. It's not easy. But he should develop into a great player if it isn't this year, the next year, or the following year. So there's a lot of players uh, uh, who are going to have to step up, and I think they've got the material there to have a great defense because they're more experienced at playing this defense, and it's an attacking type of defense, which means it's fun to play defense. When you have to hit and read all the time, that's not fun. Yeah. But when you can attack and get after people and they don't know what you're doing, now that's what you call having fun on defense. Just erupt, just to, uh, just getting after people, and that's what they play here. We got to uh, talk with John Houston's family after this mm-hmm. girl. We're just walking back, actually walking here to the podcast. I was talking with his dad, John uh, Senior, and uh, it might be—I don't know if he's my—I think he's a senior. Um, but and I, I've talked to other defensive players and stuff too, and you know, you get to see John Houston redshirt last year. Came in as a five-star, you know, all these accolades, but it really helped him being able to redshirt, and I think he could have a breakout year. But all of the guys, guys, if you started last year or redshirted, being in the second year of Clancy Pendergast's scheme seems to have 
everyone we talk to, coach, it seems to help a lot because you're not you're you're able to react more, you're able to attack more as opposed to where do I need to be? What am I supposed to be doing? It is. Uh, remember, it's all responsibility. And if everybody's performing their uh, technique or what they're supposed to do, you've got all the areas covered. But if one person makes a mistake, you could have a home run hit on you. So you've got to play consistently. One guy can't ruin it for everybody. And you can't allow the big play. We've talked about that. But the big play will kill you, and it changes the momentum of the game. Uh, your safeties and, and your cornerback can allow – you can't cover uh, 12 short passes and then allow a bomb. It just doesn't work for yeah. you, you know? Uh-huh. So you got to really be careful, and I think they're getting better at that too. And uh, it's just a matter of time. But the main thing I'm concerned with, you know, I hear everybody talking, okay? I hear people in the media and everybody talking about this is a playoff team and this is this and this and that. Hey, wait a minute. Slow down a little bit. Let's do a rewind, okay? Okay. Quit talking about Heisman trophies. Quit talking about, you know, uh, Final Four. Quit talking about all. Just take one game at a time. Prepare yourself mentally for that game. Go all out. Get all your players on the field. Make sure they're performing to the highest level. And just take one play at a time, one quarter at a time, and get it done. I, the, the only thing that will hurt this team is they read about themselves. They read all the publications. And they all of a sudden think they're better than what they are. Yeah. You gotta be able to remember last year won't help them one bit about this year. It's yeah. over with. You gotta get ready to play this year and you gotta be able to perform and, and, and get it done. So, you know, I just don't like to read it in the media, okay? And I don't like people talking about it. I think there's <laughs> a, you know, because I know what it takes. Just one screw up. One screw up and all of a sudden it's poor me. The tail's in, you know, between your legs. It's over with. We blew it. You don't have time. You got to take care of every single play full speed. Gotcha. Um, to wrap it up, the defense and the secondary. Yeah. Anything stand out today? The uh, I think one of the I saw a lot of flags. Like there were some pass interference flags. Um, what, what did you see? I mean, I don't know. Well, you've heard me mention this before. Uh, you have the officials out there, and you want to over officiate. I really think you want to over officiate. So okay. you really teach. Now, I saw some holding with the defensive offensive line. I saw some holding, and it wasn't called. Uh, hey, I want that stuff called because I don't want to call it on game day. I want to teach now. That's holding. Yeah. You can't do that. And now you don't have to throw a flag, but I want to see an official run over to the offensive line, and you know what they're calling the next play and say, now, son, that, I'd have had to call that. Yeah. That was holding. So I'm going to keep watching you clean it up. Because I don't want you to get the penalty. I don't want to have to call it on you during the year. So I think you've got to watch the interior part of the line. And as a coach, I want you to over-officiate. I want my kids to understand, get it done when you don't have to hold. Then, and, and if you can do that, then that'll save us when we don't need a damn penalty, you know? Yeah. So I think that's really important. Uh, well, I guess that's a good segue to the uh, offensive line. Yeah. Because what you know? What we learned this week, uh, Nico Fala, you know, was battle and and uh, Clay Helton talked about today battling uh, that herniated disc. Um, definitely puts pressure playing center than more. And that you know he talked on Tuesday about uh, going out to play tackle, uh, but he was he was back and he played some Thursday returning, but he was back at the starting center. I think it was uh, 24 plays or so. Clay Helton said, which I think was most of the. The first team, I think he got all the first team reps at center. Um, that's probably all they, they had was 24 reps, but, um, you know, there, there's some guys injured on the offensive line. They're trying to find the best five. 
although some of those best five aren't even playing right now, so you know, makes it a little bit difficult. But what did you see from the offensive line? You got, I like this look you have. If you can't see it, there's, he has something poignant to say. There's, he knows what he wants to say about the offensive well, line. Well, I do. I know what I want to say, okay? <laughs> if it was game week, they'd all play. Okay. Except for Yanni. Maybe he couldn't play because he just had surgery. Right, yeah. But everybody's not hurt that bad to where they couldn't play, okay? Sure. You couldn't keep him out of the huddle. You couldn't keep him off the field. They'd run on the field if you told them not to. Because this is what they work for, game day. But this is not, the spring it doesn't count, okay? Yeah. You want him in the fall. Nico Falla is going to be the starting center. You're not going to take a guy that started every single game about last year, started the Rose Bowl game, made, made all your calls in the middle line, and you're going to start him somewhere else? Are you kidding me? Now, please, Clay, you're, you're, to be Clay, you're just screwing with us. <laughs> it, it isn't going to happen. This kid has really come along. This kid has really played much better than I ever thought he could play. He went in there as the best snapper, where the quarterback has the confidence the ball is supposed to be where it's supposed to be. Now, yeah. you're not going to take another guy and put him in there that's learning on the job. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And as far as the offensive line, it's basically in the coaches' minds who they're playing best. Yeah. They got the top five guys. You heard him say that today. We're going to be top five guys. It's going to be uh, uh, the center. We just thought the right guard is going to be uh, uh, Viani. This is the right tackle is going to be, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to just give it away, but it's going to be Chris, Hensley, or Boyce. Now, yeah. Boyce might rotate in there, but he's got great potential. Uh, then again, uh, the left guard's going to be Lobodon. Chuma's going to be the left tackle. And then you're going to back it all up. That, that's your experienced group. That group's played in the Rose Bowl, except for a couple of tackles. But these guys have played. They're going to come along. Your tackles potentially can be better, except for the experience, than last year's tackles. Now, I'm not trying to put down guys, right. but they're better athletes. They can get better every week. Yeah. And, and I think that as the season goes along, these guys will be able to develop. And this spring, they're all in there playing and getting reps and so on, which is great for them. Not that people got hurt to get these reps, but they're getting in there and they're moving around. They're getting a lot of experience. And not only that, they look like football players. There's no pus guts out there. <laughs> that They look good. They can move. They're athletic. And you need athletic guys playing on the offensive side of the football, not just the defensive side of the football. Right. Plus the guys coming in, when you talk about uh, Austin Jackson and the kid with the name Tucker, and you talk about these other guys that are coming in, they're athletes. They can play. So they're going to get their reps, and you'll be able to redshirt kids like that. Yeah. This starts a tradition back where you have your numbers, and there's a pride as far as competition every day. Yeah. Uh, it should be interesting to see. I, I agree with you. I don't think... Nico Fala should really go uh, anywhere. <laughs> don't don't uh, believe in that. Lobodon had like four career starts at center, and Fala's got you know two two seasons worth or so now. No. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't see that happening. I, my gut would say no, he's not going to move out of that. No, he's and not. The fact that he wasn't, you know, I, I get you want to take some pressure off his back, but it's hard to practice a tackle and then go play center. So the fact that he was back out there at center today just tells me, okay. I think he just got lost out there. I think somehow he just walked out there just to see what was going on. Yeah. Because they're maybe at least getting the, the feel of what's out there. But, uh, no, he's going to he's gonna be your center. Yeah. Um, quarterback play, uh, we didn't get to see a ton today, but, you know, Sam Darnold continues to to do crazy things out there. Um, I really – I thought Matt Fink threw some some nice balls, too. I think he's trying to establish himself as the number two guy. 
And I think Jack Sears is progressing, but any thoughts on the quarterback? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Sam Darnold had a good day. I like him. I think he's progressing, too. Threw the ball to the, to the spot, which, which you have to do. And I think the timing was perfect on a lot of routes. I thought that was good. And the receivers didn't drop the football. They caught the football in some difficult situations. And I think Matt Fink threw, Fink, uh, Fink threw the ball well. I really do. And uh, Sears has really improved. Since I've been here at the last practice, he has really come along. Got better. Yeah. yeah, he's really got better. So the quarterback situation is, is getting better as they get more reps and so on. But, you know, when you sit out there and you watch Darnold and you watch some of the other kids who are younger kids trying to come along, that's a, that's a tough comparison. Because you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country and you're trying to compare your second and third quarterbacks with him. That's not a fair thing to do. Uh, you've got to watch them progress and hope they progress. So next year, if he does go into the NFL, and, and I don't know, uh, someone is ready to replace him. Yeah. Skill position-wise, um, most of the running backs are hurt. It's hard to kind of watch that. You get to see Vavai, uh, Malapai, or whatever, um, doing, you know, doing some good things out there. He was uh, singled out by Clay Helton. We got to see some young receivers. Tyler Vaughns was singled out. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman. Uh, but even like a Trayvon Sidney, he's not in there. Uh, Keyshawn, uh, you know, Keyshawn Young, who moved over to wide receiver, he's not practicing. They held out Deontay Burnett, who's going to be, you know, likely your, your number one guy, so he wasn't out there. Uh, tight ends, I think, for the most part, uh, pretty, you know, pretty healthy, but a lot of skilled position players are out. I don't know if that just gives good opportunities for some of the, the other younger guys, or what do you think? I agree. I don't think Burnett has to prove anything. I'd keep him out even if he was well. Yeah. What's he need to prove? All you need is one ankle twist or one ter- you know, knee or something. He doesn't need to prove anything to me. He can play, okay? Yeah. What's he, what do you need to prove to, to any of us? Even the other receivers know that, okay? He's going to start. Keep him in good shape. Let him be a leader with your receivers. They're young receivers. Uh, get Bono, uh, Tyler Bono a lot of reps. Get Pittman a lot of reps. Get everybody a lot of reps. And the timing of the quarterback, get them to know each other, read each other when they look at each other. I think that's what's important. The one thing I'm concerned about, you mentioned the tight ends. I haven't seen since I've been at practice them really utilize the tight end in any passing game. Yeah. We're back to that again. Now, what I Tyler mean... Tyler had a big... Uh, he had a big play today. He had, he had, Tyler Petit had a long okay. uh, completion today. But, Good. Yeah, you're, but you're right. But, no, really. You know, at the end of the year last year, they were hitting the tight end a lot for a lot of touchdown passes and so on. But now I see him just standing around a lot. I mean, not standing around, but really not being utilized in the passing game like in the spring they should be to continue the growth of these tight ends and continue the progression of what they need to do. And I haven't seen any of the bootleg routes. I haven't seen any of the uh, corner routes. I haven't seen any of the deep post routes or or the uh, seam routes. Maybe they don't want to work on it. But I have not seen the necessary work to the tight end. And I think that's going to be real important to them as far as spreading the field. You always hear me talk about spread the field. Make them, make them cover the entire field. Uh, make them know that uh, you, they can't double up on you. But if they double up on your outside receivers, your tight end is going to go right down the middle or curl up and be wide open. Yeah. You've got to have that fear in the secondary. And I haven't seen that this spring. Uh, I know you took a bunch of notes before we jump into the questions. Anything else kind of stand out to you that you wanted to, to mention today? No, you sort of hit it pretty good. Oh, reading really? my notes before the uh, 
podcast, I can see that you. you <laughs> no, Coach, I didn't read you. No, no I'm just realize. kidding. I'm just kidding you. Wait, so normally I have the questions. I, I can read them off my phone, usually on my computer, which I didn't bring. But one thing we uh, got to mention. Okay, well, I don't want to leave uh, Johnson, the offensive lineman, off of our conversation. Clay Johnson. Clay, yeah. yeah. He is, uh, in fact, Clay brought him up. He's been he playing did. well. He's been playing well. So sometimes we neglect to bring up, like Frank Martin. I can't think Cole Smith. Like, I. I, I forget sometimes players. That doesn't necessarily mean I don't think they can't play. Yeah. It's just that sometimes I don't talk about them like I should talk uh, about every individual player. But uh, Johnson, I've been told. Now, I don't go in the weight room. You probably go in there. I don't know if you do. No. But I've been told he's the strongest offensive lineman. Wow. Now, if he's that strong and has a great punch and he's just a freshman, Richard Franklin, uh, that, that made me feel good when he said that today. Was that's what he said about Hemsley, remember? Last World Bowl practice, and Hemsley has come along and good start. Yeah. So Johnson brings you that same type of potential. So when he starts to mention players, that means he caught Clay's eye. And that means Clay's going to watch him a little bit more. And that's what you need as a player is to make a play and let the head coach and the offensive line coach see, hey, this kid we might be overlooking. Let's take a better look at it. Cool. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, I'll, I'll take the envelope and we can oh, do some questions. Or do you need some more? No, I don't need any more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, we're very high tech here. We have uh, an envelope <laughs> with scraps. Yo, you're right on my level. On it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I didn't bring my computer, so I can't read the questions off my, like, right. my Google Docs. And uh, I can't do it on my phone because we're recording on my phone, so that's a little how the sausage is made. Uh, but just two people sending questions. Uh, Jason from outside of Seattle. Uh, Talk about middle linebacker spot. He's like losing Taylor Katoa. Um, USC's kind of thin there. Who do you, who else do you think can help out? I know I already mentioned Elijah Tucker, maybe him, or do you think anyone else could help out at that spot? Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, that's a very important spot to play. Uh, might move, uh, uh, Houston there might move that. Well, they get, they're getting a great freshman kid, but that doesn't mean he's going to play and start. Uh, what's the name of the, the small linebacker that's playing the weak side now? Uh, Asafa? Uh, oh, Jordan Asafa. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe him. He's physical. Yeah. You got a physical guy there. Uh, because that guy makes most of your tackles, you know? Uh, right now, I can't answer that clearly. I, yeah. I really can't. Uh, I think just you know seeing a lot of Elijah on Tucker getting some some reps there. That's probably what they're going to do. But Clay Helton talked about it today. It's like they're gonna, some of the freshmen coming in, like Levi Jones, or whatever, are going to have to help out. Um, he, he said it's a it's a spot that's it's a concern. They can't really afford to have injuries there, and if more injuries mount up, they might have to do something a little more drastic. But they should be okay for now. It's not. The deepest group, I think they're going to have to recruit a lot more linebackers in this class of 2018. But um, it's certainly some area it's concerning if there's more injuries at that spot. I think they've already got verbal commits on three linebackers, don't they? Right, yeah. And so, you know, they might get end up bringing in five. You know, we'll see. Uh, it could be a lot of linebackers in this class. Great. I'll tell you, you can't have enough of anything. I, I used to say I never pass up. The best athlete. I don't pass him up. Even if we have six tailbacks, if there's another tailback that's a great player, I'll find a way to get him in here. Yeah. But you got to have him. You can't play against the guy. Are you crazy? You can <laughs> play against him when you think he's that good? You'll find a place for him. The second part of the question, thoughts on playing a, a 4-3 defense, and what do you think 
uh, that would look like. I, I just I don't see that happening because you're you've already got this. We talked about the advantages of being second year in the scheme. I don't see them making a, a schematic change because of personnel. But what do you think, Tony? No, I don't think so. I think he'll go to the two down guys over the guards and rush his outside linebackers to get the four look you know look like he did last year. Yeah. And uh, but I don't see him. I don't see him changing. I, I, he does what he does, and the better you do something, the better you are at it. And uh, jump around and do what you need to do in your adjustments and blitzes and stunts and so on. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I, you know, when you have a philosophy and you, you, you go with it and you sell your kids that this is what we do and we're going to do it better and they can play offense against us. You don't change. Those no. kids say, Coach, how come we're changing? You don't have any confidence in our defense. Why are we changing? That's not going to happen. Yeah, I think the only change you would see is like. Um, having two or three down defensive linemen. Just, yeah, you know, they yeah, know when yeah. you have like a Malik Dorton in there as opposed to, bring, you know, the nickel kind yeah. of thing. Um, I don't see them changing the scheme up either. Thanks, Jason, from outside of Seattle for that. Uh, and then we'll end with Brian in Birmingham. So he had three questions. Um, he wanted to know what's the latest on Matt Bormeister, uh, Bormeister, uh, however you want to say it. Um, I screw it up all the time. Don't let me pronounce it. Huh? Don't let me pronounce it. I know, but yeah, there's no, there's no update there. Um, it does not, you know, I talked to, to John Baxter, I think it was last week. Um, that, you know, everyone that I've talked to, there's, it's just moving on, you know, and so we haven't got official word that he's, uh, you know, not there. He's definitely, he's not on the roster and stuff anymore. I just don't see I, – I don't expect to see him kick for USC again. I don't know if you have any different thoughts. Or... No, I feel the same way. Uh, I don't know what happened. It's none of my business. But he's not in school. And at USC, like Price, Price is still in school, okay? I think he'll resurface, okay? He's Price, you think. I, I'm going to tell you, he's going to resurface somehow. But if you do something that's involved – with the student body or something, you disappear. It's like you're, yeah. you're gone. Bryce Dixon, these others, you never hear about them again. They're gone. And I think that's the situation. I think they protect the whole school. They protect the, the students. Uh, and uh, they take care of it. And I feel really bad about that because this kid had a great opportunity. Everyone loved him, the way he played, the way he kicked, the way he won the Rose Bowl game. Yeah. And have that unfortunate thing happen, you just shake your head and say, why? It, it, it is is terrible. And to bring in another, you know, recruit another scholarship kicker, uh, which they added a couple weeks right. ago, or, or they will add, I think that probably tells you all you need to know there. So, right. Yeah. Don't, I don't expect to hear much more about him. Um, he also said, Coach uh, was talking about uh, someone needs to shine as an edge player. Talk about you, Coach, um, that you were talking about in the last podcast. He wants to know, like, who that could be, but how do you think Olawale Batiku has looked so far? Is he Could he be that guy? Hmm. I haven't seen enough. Yeah. I'm being honest with you. I, ha- I haven't. Have you said seen enough to be able to no, make that? No, I don't think so. No. I haven't seen enough to be able to make that statement. A guy that comes off the edge sticks out, man. You see him jump off the line of scrimmage before the tackle gets out of his stance. This type of guy off the edge I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about a guy you say, oh, my gosh, you tell your offensive tackle to take the widest split you can, but that's the farthest from the quarterback. You move him, the, the edge guy off as far as you can, and you want to force him to go back inside. And you tell him you step with your outside leg, you get as much depth as you can, and don't go to him. 
He's got to come to you to get to the quarterback. So make him make a move and protect to the inside and be, take as big a play as you can because you got to get this guy as far as you can away from the quarterback. And uh, I haven't seen that. I haven't yeah. seen who that's going to be. So I'm not going to predict who it is yet. But uh, I always keep telling you, and I tell you these things, and I told you about Jones, the receiver, being a great receiver. is going to turn into be a receiver, but he's got great speed. Levi Jones, I keep telling you that. He's tall. He's fast. Uh, he's, he could do that if they decide to play him outside. And I heard Clay Helton for the first time today. He was always going to play inside, always going to play inside. At the press conference, or whatever you want to call it, at the end of practice, he said, inside or outside. I don't okay. know how closely you listen, but I listen to that stuff. Yeah. And that's where I put it. Okay. Interesting. We'll see what they do there. And then uh, you've kind of, Brian was a little critical of Fort Augustine. He says, uh, you talk about, you know, you see him in games and every few play, you know, he loses, starts to lose contain on the quarterback. You know, you know, he lives in Bama. You never see the Alabama defensive ends do that. Um, do, you know, do you think he needs to take the next step? and be able to be a guy that really demands uh, two blockers. you think there's any kind of truth to that? Well, yeah, I, I was, I've, been, I've been sort of critical of Porter, especially the early part of the year last year in the season, because he lost contain. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I understand what he's saying. He yeah. lost a lot of contain. They made big plays by rolling around him. Towards the end of the year, he started to understand what contain is, force it back to the inside rush all the way and, and, and make sure he rushes in the inside, not gets around you. Because your inside guys will get their hands up, knock the ball down like you were talking about earlier, and uh, maybe they'll flush him back out to you. Uh, Porter's running around on the field like a Greek god. And, and Porter, I'm not trying to tell you you aren't, but you look like it. <laughs> He's about 6'5", 260 pounds, I'm guessing. Uh, to me, he looks completely healthy, okay? Yeah. And uh, he needs to work, and I haven't seen him really work a lot on that as far as jumping off the football and working on contain and taking a guy down there just to work on that all the time, all the time, all the time, over and over and over when he's not practicing as far as with the team. Because I think that's the biggest thing he needs to improve on. And I think he also needs to re improve on getting off the block. I'm just telling you, getting off the yeah. block. When they run at him and they do certain things, he's got to learn to get off the block and make the tackle. Protect to the outside, depending what his assignment is, and get off the block. And uh, right now, I think that's the two things he has to do. Makes sense. Um, you know, I don't. I think that's something that has to be addressed uh, in recruiting to some aspect. I don't know if you can teach a guy to be. It's, like if you, our buddy Bruce Feldman writes about these like freak. Uh, you know, college football players every year, like his list of 15 or 20, like, freak athletes. And that's, you know, a Miles Garrett or someone, like someone, you know, A&M's had a few of those guys, mm -hmm. like Devon Miller, that are just, they're pass rushers that you have to scheme against. Like, you have to figure out, what do we need to do? I think Porter Gustin has been a good football player. He'll get some sacks. And he can be a great football player. But I don't know if he's going to end up being that guy you have to scheme against. You know, maybe he will. Um, but I... I think some of that's got to be recruiting too. Like you have to get, and they're not like they grow on trees. These crazy edge rushers that jump 40 inches and are super fast and athletic and big and strong. Like it's hard to get, but when you get one of those, it like changes everything. Like that, that's the guy you have to, you know, worry about if you're an offense. No, I agree with you hundred percent. And there's such a thing as getting too big, because it slows you down sometimes. But, uh, 
Porter looks like Brian Cushing when you look at him out of his uniform right now. He is really big. Now he's got to play like Brian Cushing. That's uh, just the way it is. Yeah. You know, he should be watching films on him the whole time on how he controls his size of his body and utilizes the techniques that he utilizes uh, and say, I want to be like him. I think that's what he has to do. And there's certain players you can't be. you got to be someone that's like you. Yeah. And I think that's what he needs to do, and I'm sure he will work hard. He plays at 100%. Now, don't get me wrong. Porter plays at 100% every play. He finishes the play. Even if he gets beat, he's going full speed all the time. Yeah. A lot of players don't do that. They see the player go away, and, oh, well, hell, he didn't come my way. You can't do that. And he did, plays hard. He's a great player. Uh, it's just taking the next step. you got to take the next Can you make that next step? What do you have to do to get there? Yeah. And that's what you got to work on. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Levi Jones. But I, if you look at Oluwole in particular, I mean, he's a dude that just looks like he should be the first guy off the bus. He's, you know, another, like, different shape than Porter Gustin, but just looks like a football player, a super athlete. If he if things start clicking, he hasn't played football that long. He could potentially be that guy, I think. And he could be a guy that is just crazy hard to stop off the edge and athletic enough and fast enough and quick enough that you have to scheme against him. Yeah, he can. He has all the athletic ability to do that. Except he's got to be get a little meaner. Oh, okay. Okay. He's a really nice guy. I know. He's really nice. And I'm not saying that's bad. <laughs> but what I'm saying, he's got to understand that that guy that's playing across from him is trying to beat his butt. So he's got to say, you're not going to be able to do that. And he's got to finish the block. I said this last week. I think it was last week or talking to somebody. He's got to finish the play. And learning to finish the play is the number one difficult thing to do for a young player. In high school, you sort of dominate. The play goes away. You pursue at half speed, blah, blah, blah. But he's got to go full speed off the edge, okay? And he's a big kid now. Full speed off the edge. And if the play goes away, continue to go full speed. Or go full speed off the edge and you think the guy's throwing the ball but he might not throw the ball. Get in there, and who knows? He brings the ball back down. He might be coming around. You'd be ready to do that. He's got to be able to do that. He'll learn that. You teach off the tape. He's got all the potential to be the guy off the edge. He has all the potential to be the guy off the edge. All right, Coach. Well, another good podcast here inside CLG Mud. Post-USC Saturday practice. I guess we'll wrap this up. I'll, I'll take it home, put it up online, and... Maybe watch some Masters coverage. But, uh, oh, that's going to be on today. You're exactly right. Well, Ryan, I tell you. Yeah, it is. Ryan, I tell you again, I want to thank you very much for being able to do this podcast with you. For all of the listeners out there, uh, thank you for being a part of our show. And it was great being out there today with the Swim with Mike uh, event going on. Certainly, yeah. Hopefully they raised tons of money for all those scholarships. And uh, great stuff. Great to see a lot, of, a lot of people in wheelchairs out there, a lot of football players. Great. Everyone. everyone Absolutely great. Just, it, was it was fabulous. Uh, it was fun. So thank you, Coach, for coming and doing thank this with you. me. Spend some time on your Saturday afternoon. You don't have to be with me in some classroom somewhere recording a podcast, so I'm glad you are able to do that. And hope you guys out home enjoyed our edition of this edition of the Periscope Podcast. probably okay. more of going to class than I did when I went to college. <laughs> no, I'm just well, kidding you, ladies and gentlemen. Coach, I'm yeah. just kidding you. <laughs> you went to school. You went to class. Oh, I did, but I mean, hey, full hour almost in here. Yeah, we almost did an hour in there. Uh, and yeah. I didn't get distracted. No, we had, there's no one else. There was a couple of classrooms. The one we used last time was I had a class in it. I'm like, it's Saturday. What is going on? Oh. Two of them were full using stuff. So but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Periscope Podcast. 
Follow Coach on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. Our website, peristylepodcast.com, and, of course, uscfootball.com. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time.